Shit crazy, man. Huh. It could have been you. It should have been you. I was thinking about us, but you was thinking about you. I try to put you on game. What you expect me to do? Now I'm on top of the world. Shit, I'm laughing at you. Cause it should have been you. Sir. Not for real, my should have been you. I hate to say it, but it could have been you. It should have been you. Now I'm on top of the world. Yeah, I'm laughing at you. Cause it should have been you. You could have been the one enjoying all these carrots, right? You ain't believe me, ma, when I was talking marriage, right? You see me ballin', stuntin' hard, living the lavish life A tough pill to swallow, when you know you could've had this life But I don't blame you, shit, you settled for the average life Wasn't for me, I wanted more in life I had to sacrifice, I knew myself on them lonely nights But you was playing lying to yourself like niggas all the life Now look, shit, now look All them flights that I dreamt in the past, I now book Niggas bringing up my name and they give you that same look Shit afraid of what I might do next, you all shook I took a couple summers off so I can heat the fall Was thinking Fortune 500, you can keep them all If it ain't real, ain't no need for me to be involved This is God's plan, shit, it really isn't me at all It should've been you, I was thinking about us But you was thinking about you, I try to put you on game What you expect me to do, now I'm on top of the world Shit, I'm laughing at you, cause it should've been you not for real, my should have been you. I hate to say it, but it could have been you. It should have been you. Now I'm on top of the world. Yeah, I'm laughing at you. Cause it should have been you. I'm sitting here flipping through all these pics that we took in different places, you know what I mean? Fast forward, I'm living my best life, and you're not even around to hold me down. Crazy. I feel bad cause you made a mistake. Keep it a buck, it really isn't too late. Oh, I take that back. I know your pride gon' probably get in the way. I try my best, ain't nothing else I can say. Or how about best of luck? Hold your head, this is fate. You probably wanna punch me dead in my face. Shorty, I know. Yeah, sometimes I can carry the weight. I kinda got a smart mouth, some say. But somehow, some way. I told you from the very start that I was going places. I've been around the world, you know, I seen a lot of faces. But nothing changed, my feelings they can't compare. Looked up, you wasn't there. Betrayal and some despair. Look, I pray my honesty don't leave you too exposed. I feel some type of way you left me on my own. We was building something special, but you left the throne. And now I'm forced to face this world alone. Shame on you. Should have been you. I was thinking about us, but you was thinking about you. I try to put you on game. What you expect me to do? Now I'm on top of the world. Shit, I'm laughing at you. Cause it should have been you. Not for real, my should have been you. I hate to say it, but it could have been you. It should have been you. Now I'm on top of the world. Yeah, I'm laughing at you. Cause it should have been you. This is episode three of the See the World podcast. It's your boy CR Mel. I'm here with my brother Kirk. What's going on, brother? How you doing? It was good, man. It's positive, man. How you feeling? I feel blessed, man. You know, I'm just chilling, man. You know, just holding everything down, man. What's going on with you? Cooling, man. Maintaining. 
Maintaining, you know, the usual. What's up, man? I saw you was getting a facial uh, last night. Shit. Relax. Relax. Relax <laughs> yourself. All right. <laughs> this, this ain't that podcast. You feel me? Relax. Uh, yeah, all right. That's bad. That's bad. I feel you. I feel you. Anyway, man, how was your week? Man, it's, it was, it's a wicked week, man. You know, um, one of my young boys, man, got shot. You know what I'm saying? In the head. Um, it was first announced that he was dead, but you know he on life support now. Uh, he in critical condition, like he's doing a little bit better right now than he was doing earlier the week. So you know what I'm saying. Hopefully he'll pull through. You know Sorry to hear that, bro. I mean that's definitely a a crazy ordeal to have to deal with and go through. And you know, sad to say, it's it's not too uncommon for a lot of us. So definitely prayers up to a little homie and. Like you said, hopefully he pulls through. Yeah, man. You to put that energy out there. Yeah, prayers up to John Doe, man. I'm saying shit out there, man. But yeah, man, this week been wicked, man. Like, yo, what's going on, man? Like, you know. You had a birthday this week, right? Yeah, man. I did, man. You know. So how how was your birthday prior prior to that situation going down? Um, it it was cool, man. I was just happy, you know what I'm saying, just to be here, man. You know. You know, it was just another day. You know what I'm saying? I'm just happy to be here. You know what I'm saying? Like, you know, during these circumstances that's going on, um, especially what, you know, what climate we in as far as, like, you know, COVID, whatnot. Um, but it's crazy, man. Like, this year, man, like, I received a lot of love, man, like, from the ladies, man. And not necessarily, like, he's there. Not, not, not necessarily, like, the ladies, like, that I'm like romantically involved with, like, and it's not nothing. I don't have anything to do with that. Just like, just, just like the ladies, man. Like, that you would never even, you know, that you never think I would get love from. And uh, I mean, I I made an oath. I made an oath to myself beginning of the year that I was gonna support women all 2020. That's a good awesome night. I mean, I tweeted that, you know, around New Year's Day, I said that, you know, because I feel like you show these dudes a lot of love and you don't get that back in return. You know what I'm saying? All these dudes want is freebies and, you know, they get mad if you haven't done anything for them lately. You understand what I'm saying? But every time I've done something for a woman, you know, it's... I feel like I haven't done enough for the women around me. You know what I'm saying? As far as like my homegirls or, I mean, of course, women in my family, you know what I'm saying? I hold down, you know, my mom, my sisters, this, that, and third. But like, just, you know, if a woman have a problem, you know what I'm saying? Just, you know, not necessarily like offering them money, but, you know, offering them advice and helping them with a business plan or, you know, just little stuff like that that will help them along the way. You know what I'm saying? You can give a woman... $500, man. She'll, you know, months Turn down the line. Two G's. Exactly, bro. These dudes ain't doing that. You know what I mean? So, um, I received a lot of love and women, you know. Depends so on a woman me. also, though. Of course, not, of course. Let's not, you know what I mean? Let's not get that confused. Oh, it's, you know, yes. there's some men, there's some men, there's some men that, you know, would would double back too, you know, with the bread. But like you said, man, you know, more times than not, a lot of women are, are better with money than we are. Oh, that's a fact. That's a fact. That's a fact. It's just that 
we in a we in an era where we're not protecting our women. You know what I mean? We're not protecting our women. Uh, we'll choose our homeboy over the woman. You know what I'm saying? There's been many instances where, you know what I'm saying, you got men in the family get locked up and the woman gonna always be there. You go to you visit a prison, man, and, and all you see is women in there. You don't see no dudes in there. No, that's right. You understand? So like we gotta take care of women, man. Like I'm seeing stuff in the, you know, in the news. You know what I'm saying? Dudes shooting at women, and it's just, it's just getting yeah, real. Right, man. Prayers, prayers go out to to the woman in question and that that horrific, horrific situation. I don't want to give that situation light because you know, uh, dude was, was somebody's music that I that I enjoyed listening to. But if everything they're alleging is is true and valid, that's that's a spooky and and, and ugly, ugly situation to even have to even kind of even focus on and, and speak on that sickening. So prayers, I, prayers, I tell you, to Meg for sure. And hopefully she's okay. Hopefully it doesn't derail her from, from the promising career that she's had thus far. And hopefully she can come out of the situation even better than before. But we've got to do right. better as men, period. Of like course. you said, man, we got to value our women who, who hold us down. And women of all colors, you know, not just our black queens. But, you know, there's a lot of women from, from other backgrounds, too, who step up to the plate and, and do their job right. as well. So, right, right, shout out to right. the shout out to the women once again. I know we shouted them out big time on episode one, but that's definitely going to be a reoccurring theme that we that we cool. execute and display here. You know, we all love women, and, and salute to them for sure. Right. Facts, man. So let me ask you a question, man. Like, how do you deal? Like, you know what I'm saying? Being who you are, you know what I'm saying? How do you deal like with everything as far as you know what I'm saying? Dudes only reaching out to you, like when they need something like man that's crazy it's crazy that you asked that um, i had the conversation with my mom yesterday actually i asked her the same question because my mom being from you know from from cameroon central africa and you know the perception of the move to america for a lot of people in africa and even in, in different parts of the world is that like you know there's money trees in america and it's like america is just a big paradise land of paradise the the, the el dorado of the world so as soon as you get a chance to move to America, you just you just automatically made it. So throughout right. my life, my mom has always been the person who's been immensely selfless. You know, my cousins, aunts and uncles, extended family, you name it, friends, whoever, like people have always leaned on my mom in a lot of ways. And for the longest time, my mom was barely making ends meet just to take care of us and just, you know, provide for herself. But you know, her phone would never stop ringing from, from calls overseas, from Cameroon or even in Europe, but people just asking for help. And right. so asking her, you know, how she's dealt with this this stuff all these years, because for me, like, I've only been on this side of the world for three years, you know, going on my fourth year. So not to say that I didn't help people before my move to China, but like once you move to China and people assume certain things about your move and, and your life and what they see and what they think they see, Right. You know, people feel very comfortable just reaching out to you and, and playing on your weakness and your kindness and taking that kindness for weakness. So I kind of had to ask my mom, like, how does she navigate through things? Because naturally, like, I'm very hot tempered. And right. I know in the past, like, it would have been situations of me probably getting myself into altercations or fights just because of, of people's lack of respect and just utter, like, audacity to even ask you certain things and favors knowing the situation you're going through. You know, to make a long story short, you know, I tear my Achilles in April mm -hmm. um, on the heels of things kind of opening back up. 
stemming from the from the pandemic that we've all been affected by. I haven't worked since January. You know, um, yeah. we had a month break because of Chinese New Year, but then the virus broke out out here at the onset of Chinese New Year. So my last yeah. working day was probably January like 19th. I haven't worked since then. So yeah. my salary, you know, luckily I'm in a situation where I'm, I'm you know, I'm, I've been okay with money. I'm, I'm good and certain necessities are taken care of, but that doesn't mean that I'm rolling in dough. And, yeah. you know, you have people who mask like I said on Instagram yesterday, mask them needing a favor by checking in on you and asking about your rehab and pre- pretending to care about your well-being just so they can end up asking for what they need in the end. It's like, dog, like I'm not even working myself. Whatever yeah. money I got needs to last me until I get back on my feet and I can get back to you know to doing what I do best. And it's like, you know, just like the fake love that I know you you deal with it as well and. You know, people fake checking in on you and, yo, like, man, how you doing? And then, you know, I, I feel bad even asking you this, but, like, it, it's just crazy to me they have to even cycle yes, through the, the what's real yeah. and what's not. You know, and I feel like my line, and I know you feel the same as well, bro, but my line only lights up crazy when people need something. And it's That's always crazy. been that way. It's wild, bro. It's wild, bro. Like, it's funny, bro, like. And that's the thing, bro. That, and that's the thing that I realize. Because my thing is this. I, and that's the thing. We, even though it'd be fucked up, we still do it. We still give it. You know what I'm saying? We, we Naturally. Without um, even giving it thought. Third. And that's what I meant by, like, my birthday, right? My birthday. You know what I'm saying? Like, I don't be asking nothing from these from nobody. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. But like I said, these, these women was willingly, you know what I'm saying? Just, you know. It's not. Playing their part. It wasn't about the donations they sent. It was the message they sent. You know, I appreciate you like always being there for me when you needed me. The second, third, like outside of my circle, like outside of like, like no, like like you, um, you know, Ernie, of course, you know, what I'm saying Henry, you know, Randy, you know, saying so, you know, you know, our, our crew, like I ain't hear from none of these dudes, bro. Like none of them. Like, like none of them. And that just makes you realize, like, yo, like, damn, that's crazy. You know what you I mean? Hit, you hit it right on the head. Because even, like, for me, it's like, I'm 12 hours ahead. Right, you right, You know, right. like, for one, like, I'm 12 hours ahead. But I feel like in the three years, and even prior to me moving out here, but in the three years that I've been here, like, I check right. in on everybody. There's not a time that goes by that if I rock with you that you don't hear from me, period. Just to check on your well-being. And, like, I feel like, Sometimes as well, because like you carry yourself in such a strong manner and way, people kind of assume that everything is always good and gravy. Like, bro, there's times where I'm not going to hold you. Like, it's just kind of like a you experiencing all these different things and I'm journeying through life in different ways and just gaining so much new insight and meeting different people and you name it. But, like, you just wish for one that, like, people would just casually just check in on you, like, just to see how you're doing. Like, bro, like, I know, I know, you you know, you're in a good space, but I was just reaching out to you just to make sure you're okay and just ask you how you're doing from one seat. Like, those calls and text messages come few and far between. Like, and like you said, it's funny. It's like, it's really like the women in my life for real that really do their, their part to check in on me and just ask about my well-being. Like, you know, girls that I'm really close to, like my sis, my sisters and stuff like that. And. Like the homies, when you start distancing yourself a little bit, they take they take it personal. But it's like, dog, like 
how many times have I checked in? Like, I just genuinely just ask people how they're doing. Like, I don't need nothing. I don't ask people for nothing. You know what I'm saying? Like, I went through a life-changing experience, you know what I'm saying, my first operation. Obviously, it's not, you know, it's not a life or death situation, but it's still something that plays on my mind heavy. Like, you know, I love basketball. I love being able to be on that court and give back. So I'm hoping I can come back and be somewhat near the level I was at prior to this injury, even better. That's my that's my mindset. But, like, it's very few people to call and check in and be like, yo, man, like, how are you doing? Like, genuinely speaking and really, really care. I feel yeah. like if they hit me up to ask me about something, it's mostly, like, with a string attached or two attached. You know what I'm saying? So, I like, you know, you got to play your part and you got to, you know, see things for, what's, for what they are and accept them for what they are. But in the same breath, it's like, damn, like, you know what I'm saying? Like, when is the love ever going to be reciprocated? So I feel like, like you said, you give out so much love and so much insight and so much light, period. But right. you rarely ever get that back. And I feel like that's like a, a detriment of being the one in your circle. Because obviously in your circle, I feel like, you know, you're probably that person as well. Like, you know, the same as I've been in mine. That like, you're so strong that people just assume that everything is always great with him. Like, you don't have a bad day or two. You know what I'm saying? Like, right. and... Like, who are you going to go to for support? And I know we, you know, you and I lean on each other, you know, just a pod. Like, we've been like right. this for going on eight, nine years now. You know what I'm saying? But still, like, you know what I mean? You can't just pull up on me <laughs> if you need to. I wish I wish it was that easy where I could just be like, yo, man, just pull up at the crib, you know, just chop it up with me real quick in person. And, you know, sometimes you need that. Like, who do I go to for that? I don't right. have nobody on this side of the world for that. You know what I'm saying? Like, I could feel the love, but – I don't have any crutch, but everybody complains and people come to you with all their issues and all their problems all the time. But like, I turn to for that. That's crazy. Like, it's just a saying that I always say, bro. Like, who, who take care of the person that takes care of everybody? Thanks. Like nobody. You feel me? It's just a whole bunch of assumptions. Everybody think, okay, damn you, you. you. It is crazy. Say like I'm on the phone with a guy and I'm like, yeah, man, shit, they've been rough. That's in third. Dude would come out of his mouth like, yeah, man, you got money, bro, in your pocket. You good? I'm like, damn, bro, you like you just watching my pocket, bro? Like, yo, you got the same 24 hours I do. Like, you can get out here and get it. Like, but they, you know, sometimes you got to watch who around you, too. Like, you, that might be your man's in your head, but shit, he probably envy you. Nah, facts. You deal, hey, you deal with it a he, lot. All the time. Want, the nigga wants your spot. You know what I'm saying? The nigga envy you. He, he really hates you. For whatever reason, Fab, you Fab, you um, there is no competition. Three, Fab had a song on there. Um, what's the name of the song? I forgot the name of the song, but you know the hook is on. Mm-hmm. It hurts when you got to kill a nigga you love, and yes. and obviously not killing them in that context. But sometimes some people got to be dead to you for you to be able to move on. You know what I mean? A- Women, men, you know what I'm saying? Loved ones, whoever it may be, like. We've, right. we've been through life and different journeys with people that we, we value highly in our lives. And at some point in time, like for that person to stop taking advantage of you, you gotta, you gotta dead that person. You know what I mean? It's just yeah. no love lost, but it's just gotta be something that, that helps you ease your mind and, and be at peace with, with yourself and with the world as well. Because I know for me, for a fact, like throughout my life, my adult life, especially I've held so much in, I've always like, internalized everything and I, I put a lot of pressure on myself to the mm-hmm. point where like sometimes you lose your mind you blow your fuse and 
people are like, damn, like, you know, that he OD'd or he overreacted or this and that, but they don't realize that you, you know, a lot of things take a toll on you. You pile so much on yourself internally and you never react. Like through the years of, of women doing bullshit to you or men doing bullshit to you, like, you know, you try to just suppress it, downplay it, and it right. builds up. It builds up, it builds up, it builds up to a point where, okay, cool, somebody could just <laughs> answer you the wrong way or greet you the wrong way, and you blow up, and they don't know where it's coming from, but it's it's from all those years of putting that shit to the side and not addressing it. You know what I mean? Because you want to be cool. You don't want to be looked at as being emotional or overreacting in some aspects. You just, you just downplay it and you suppress it, and then it builds up. You know what I mean? And a lot of us, I know for sure, like we don't we don't do the, the therapy thing like we should. You know what I'm saying? We 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 look down upon it as well. So man, thank God I do, man. Thank God I'm doing it, man. Like because yeah, I I'm like man, you know? me, I, I needed it because like my I had a big, big temper, yo. And what made me change my ways is like well, shout out to my boy Ernie, you know what I'm saying, and Joel, you know what I'm saying? They very like wild, well mannered, you know what I'm saying, and they always bring me down, you know what I'm saying? They taught me, you know, because I was always I always go straight from one to ten when there's an issue. You know what I mean? Bro, you the same. Yeah, you know that's how I was raised. Like I say, like like you know what I'm saying, you come from the same cloth, but you can you can fight your brother in the backyard and y'all be cool the next day. You know what I'm saying? But that's not the same today, man. Your brother might want to shoot you after you beat him up. You know y'all even though y'all grew up together. But like yeah, therapy therapy definitely works man like just talking to somebody that don't even know you and um just getting everything out and it and because my thing is i always feel like when a person knows you and they really know that know your background as far as like finance and how you living you talking to them and venting is like complaining and them like yo nigga, you in a good position to send third but talking to somebody that really don't know your background what you do anything is like Somebody that exactly so therapy, yeah. Therapy's always good, man. I think black, especially black men, should get into it more, especially well, black women as well, too. Because I mean, you know, they go but, through a lot worse than we ever will, so they sure, do, I don't, I don't mind them doing it, but right, yes. Yeah, but then again, you know, I mean, it's, it's it, it really comes down to your, to your comfort level as well because right. therapy could be amazing for you in a way, and it could be very detrimental to somebody else, you know, so mm-hmm. honestly, for me, it's just that the aspect of not looking down on people who who feel the need to do it, you know, because a lot of us, like you, you talked a little bit earlier, a lot of us were just raised and brought up in environments well, where, excuse me, just trusting somebody else was was a no-no, you know what I'm saying, like it was right. weakness and and it's not even just black black folk, you know. You, I'm I'm big on mob movies. I know you are as well. Where, mm-hmm. you know, like one of my favorite movies is um, it's analyze analyze this right. Isn't that um the first one I think? And you know how De Niro's character, you know, he's he he you know he seeks out a therapist, and it's a comedy, obviously, but he seeks out a therapist and Billy Crystal, and mm-hmm. you know those around him are kind of like have to keep it a secret just because of the the stereotypes and. And assumptions that come with even even seeking therapy in any way. You know, obviously the Sopranos was centered around Tony's, you know, relationship with his therapist for the most part, you know, seasons one through three. And right. you know, things of that nature. Like 
we, we kind of downplayed the need of, of displaying that weakness, you know, but exactly. there's a lot of stereotypes that we grow up with and we just never assumed we're, we're anything but abnormal. You know, I even equate that to like, you know, the environments that some of us grew up in where I was, I think I was talking to one of my white friends this week and I was just saying how like, it should never be normal. Some of the things that we endure and some of the things that we, we accept in our lives. You know, case in point, like we could be sitting in a room, myself, me, you, and another person from a different background, and gunshots can go off, and me and you won't flinch. You know, but that person would jump up out of the sea, like what? You know, what's going on here? What was that? But me and you, you know, we'll sit there and mind our business, probably play with our phone or be watching the TV or whatever it may be, and be unbothered by it. That stuff is not normal. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Like that stuff is not normal. But the stuff that we've accepted and. At some point in time, us being leaders and trying to be people of influence, we have to change that narrative and just call out what is what. Like that stuff should never be acceptable. I uh, know. I definitely agree with that. You know what I mean? Like people just don't want to show weakness, you know, because they feel like you know their opponent is getting over by knowing your weakness. But it's like, man, whatever, man. You got to do what's best for you. You know what I mean? So let me ask you a question, man. So like. Because I had a I had an issue with some people from my old neighborhood this week as well. You know what I'm saying? It's funny, like some young pups, man, that they like 10 years younger than me. You know what I'm saying? So when I was 16, 17, man, they was like seven, <laughs> seven years old. But they run the neighborhood now. You know what I'm saying? Like, I mean, but, you know, I never ran my neighborhood. You know what I'm saying? I was just, you know. I was a popular figure in my neighborhood, you know what I'm saying, just because, you know what I'm saying, the way I carried myself or whatnot, but, and they looked up to, you know, certain, you know, pups looked up to me, but it'd be those people that, you know, you playing basketball, you kick them off the court. Mm-hmm. And, you know what I'm saying, you know how you kick the little pup off the court, you know what I'm saying? But I always say, yo, be careful who you kick off the court, man. Be careful who you kick off the court, may cry, kick off the court, because 10 years later, they're going to try to blow your head off. True. And that's the, and that's the instance like where these kids, you know what I'm saying? 10 years later, 10, you know, 20 years later, they try to get so much attention from me when I come around to see if I'm still the same person I was back then, as far as not, not letting anything slide. And you just gotta ignore these, you know what I'm saying, these young boys. You know what I mean? Because they just wanna they just want the they just always wanted your attention. Even back then when they was trying to get on the basketball court. And you'd be like, man, get off the court, man. You know what I'm saying? It's a grown man out here playing. They still want that attention. But they doing reckless stuff now to try to get your attention. You know what I mean? Yeah. And then Things like, oh man, you don't come around here no more, man. Yeah, you soft, you can't, and that's like crazy stuff. Like, nah, you can't, you can't come around here no more. You know what I mean? So, how do you feel? Like, do you do you keep in touch with like with the neighborhood as far as like you know what I'm saying? People like you know kids that you grew up with, I mean that you know that was they was younger than you, like you know proteges, like people that you mentored, or maybe you know people that you seen around the you know neighborhood or not. For me, it's weird we, because we, 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 we always talk about people our age, but you know we keep up with the little pups, young homies. Yeah, yeah. Um, for, for me, it's is it's probably a little of the same, but it's also a lot different too because I moved a lot. 
right, you know what right. I mean? Like, I moved a lot. So, throughout my life, like, I was never in one place for longer than maybe, like, two years. You know what I'm saying? So, with that being said, like, even, like, in the scat, like, people who know me are, like, homies that knew me from prior to my move to the West Coast. I came right. back around and, and, and met some people through the other homies and stuff like that. But my best friends in life have been friends that I've been down with for 25 plus years. You right. know what I'm saying? So like that loyalty, that bond is something that I've had for a long, long time. You know what I mean? Like, and you know, little homies looked up to me through, through basketball, even music at times, you know, shout right. out to my boy, you know, big Jones out there in Seattle doing his thing. You know, okay. he's, he's a little, he's a little brothers with one of my homies that I went to school with for a year. Shout out um, big Jones. Big Jones doing his thing out there. But um, a lot of my homies, you know, the little homies, obviously, like you said, you touch on basketball and me being kind of like one of those dudes in the neighborhood that dudes always looked up to on the court. Um, A lot of the homies never really got themselves into a lot of stuff. You know what I'm saying? If it was like any of the the street stuff or whatever, like I was tapped in with some dudes who were, who were well-respected. So it was never, ever any disrespect towards me like you said like right. i was never somebody who ran a neighborhood or whatever it may be like i was you know, i was i was big bro to a lot of people i still am you know and it's out right. of respect and i always i feel like i always kind of knew myself in a way and just try to steer people in the right way you know what i mean i never ever let people kind of play themselves down in a way you know what i'm saying and even if right. you had some potential and you weren't fulfilling it i'll be the first person to tell you like what are you doing you bullshit i'm like do this do that so i always have respect from everybody for the most part. And I feel like also me being the younger brother of a dude that a lot of people looked up to as well. You know what I'm saying? Like my brother was like the first big, like soccer, like star around the way. Like, and he and I are eight years apart and I was always with him growing up. You know what I'm saying? So out of my homies, like I was always way older than a lot of my friends just because I was always with my brother. So whatever he was experiencing at his age, I was experiencing it, experiencing it, excuse me, eight years younger than him. You know what I'm saying? So, I was always like kind of way more mature than a lot of my boys were, but um, it's in ter- for me in terms of like holding on to those bonds or whatever. I've been gone, bro. Like, and I feel like my right. mental space and and my my mindset has been so different and so forward thinking that if you weren't coming correct in a certain aspect and trying to do better for yourself, it was hard to even reach me. You know what I mean? I know you feel a responsibility in terms of trying to reach back and and show homies the light, but right, like, you know, Nipsey said, man, you know, the circle got smaller. Everybody can't go. That's a, that's a fact of life that we try to fight so hard, but everybody's not going to make it to the finish line. You know what yeah. I mean? And if you stop and try to pull everybody along, you're not going to cross that line yourself. You know what right. I mean? At times, the, the best way to even get through it is, is by doing it. And then if people want to, want to tag along and be there with you for the ride, then so be it. You know what I mean? But in the same breath, like, I think it would be very dumb and asinine of people to, to stop in their tracks just to pull somebody else along. Like on on an airplane, what's the first thing they say? You know what I'm saying? Even if you're with a child or whoever it may be, if that airplane starts going down or whatever and those masks come out, you got to strap yours on first before you even think about helping the next person. You know what I mean? That's that's just fact. You know what I'm saying? As as selfish as that sounds, it's, it's, the, it's the way it has to be sometimes. You know what I mean? And I feel like you and I, in a lot of ways, we may feel survivor's remorse just because you feel guilty about being the one that can kind of see your future charting out and you know that you're, you've aligned your cars just just enough and well enough 
for you to be able to make certain decisions that help you get out of certain situations and backgrounds. Whereas a lot of your peers and stuff may not have those same luxuries. You know what I mean? And mm-hmm. at times you just got to think for self. And I always equate this to that. Like if the shoe was on the other foot, would they look out for me? You know, cause I know I done, I done put people ahead of me for a long time. And I feel like it's stunning my growth for a long time, especially in high school, early in college and things of that nature, not really doing what I needed to do for myself because I was always looking out. But then the second that you start looking out for yourself, you're selfish, you know, you, you didn't change, you didn't sold out, you done did all types of crazy stuff that like, it's like, dog, I'm just caring for myself for once. You know what yeah, I mean? Can one, I do that? At one time, you don't do anything. You know, that first time, you don't do nothing. It's like you've never done nothing for that person. I feel you've like never done nothing. You know what I'm saying? And it's like people constantly take advantage and they just find numerous and more creative ways to just like to to ask for what they need and what they want. I'm not even gonna say what they need, what they want by just playing on whatever loophole that you may have given them. You know what I'm saying? Whatever access point you may have given them. You know, with me now, like it's my injury, it's whatever it may be, like. I respect people who get straight to the point. You know, if you're putting bread in my pocket or whatever and we make it busted a move together, cool. I'm I'm all for it. I have no problem. Or, you know, you keep it real, like, yo, like I need this, I need that. Look me out. I got you. But don't don't be fake about it by trying to act like you really care about my well being when you don't. You know what I'm saying? And right. oh, when I get when I get paid or oh, you know, when I get some bread and then you don't hear from that person for three months and then they got some nerve <laughs> to ask you again. Right. You know right. what I'm saying? You know what I'm saying? Yeah, it's a dirty game, like you said, bro. It's a dirty game, bro. But it's like, yeah, you you you're right about that. You know what I mean? As far as the kids, you know what I'm saying? You know, we're down the plane. You know what I'm saying? You know, first one put the mask on, all that stuff. But like, you know, some people that's on that plane, man, they always view it as as the pilot, man. And pilot always had that one job, bro. They can't make no mistakes. Sure. And they got to fly that plane. They got to land it. You know what I'm saying? That's their job. They got to keep everybody calm. They got to, you know what I'm saying? They control everything. Like, that's the one job you can't really make no mistakes, bro. True. You understand? So it's like, because if you make a mistake, everything crashes. But it's, at the same time, it's like, if you're willing to take on that challenge, you know what I'm saying, to uplift your people, like, you just got to do it. Everything's not going to be good. Good outweighs, you know what I'm saying? Like I said, the good always outweighs the bad. When it should on paper, yeah, on paper, on paper, yeah, yeah, on paper it does. It absolutely do. But you know what I'm saying? Like you said, sometimes we just want that acknowledgement, man. Like, damn, bro, like I love you, man. Like, hope everything good. It's that third, like my nigga, like we ain't even asking, we ain't, we ain't, we ain't asking for that fifty dollars back or a hundred dollars or a couple hundred dollars. We ain't. Bro, just be like, yo, bro, how your injury doing, man? Just sitting third and, you know, is there anything I could do to help? Most of the time I say no, but you, you just showing me that you genuinely care. You know what I mean? What if somebody we, don't, we don't listen to each other, though. You know what I mean? Sometimes right. Right. sometimes it's it's cool to, like you said, it's cool to check in. I mean, it's it's <laughs> it's more than accepted and, and appreciated, you know, when people check in and it's not needing anything, but sometimes, yo, check in and allow me to just vent. You know what I'm saying? Like you said earlier about um, you kind of withhold that side of you because you don't want to be viewed as complaining or whatever, but sometimes, yo, like, 
it takes nothing out of your day just to listen to somebody else because you you never know if you might be their only outlet. At times, people take advantage of that and expect you to always be there. You know what I'm saying? Like I've shown a willingness and a compassion for others to the point where like people always assume that I'm gonna always be there. You know what I'm saying? And nine times out of ten, I probably will. But piggybacking off of your of, of your pilot talk, there's a reason why there's one pilot and 300 something passengers on every plane. You know what I mean? So, like you said, if you if you accept that that responsibility and also just accept that it's gonna be a lonely road ahead. You know I mean, everybody's not gonna understand your vision. Everybody's not gonna be able to even be in that same space as you or realm mentally. Because right. people never wanted such. You know what right. I mean? Like certain things that, that you may want, that you may view as just common common or you know, commonality and just you know normality for your life, period. Other people may not want. You know, I'm going to even dive back to a conversation that you and I had two years ago. Right. You know, and I've mentioned how, like, you know, like me being here, I'm one of very few people of color, you know, on this side of the world, for sure. You know, that's mm-hmm. obviously, you know, the CBA has a bunch of, you know, niggas is hooping and stuff, you know what I'm saying? But right. they're the only ones in the game or whatever, but they live a life of luxury as well. And, you know, they're seen as rock stars in certain aspects as well. So cool. But me being a regular civilian in day-to-day life out here, I come few and far between, you know what I mean? Even the other day, like I went to the flower market and as soon as I walk in, like there's hundreds of people in this flower market. The flower market was like the size of like a mall, you know what I'm saying? Just all types of mm-hmm. flowers and plants. It was real dope, yeah. you know, but like I'm getting run down on for pictures, you know what I'm saying? Like I'm not nobody special, special like that, but you know, dude, yeah. like, oh, you know, you're so cool, man. Can I get a picture with you? You know, asking a lady like, and I always say, yeah, I never ever turn down a picture. For me, it's an opportunity yeah. just to show that I'm human as well. You know what I mean? And I know at times I hear, like, because nine times out of ten, I'm probably the first black person that a lot of these people even encounter or even have a chance to even speak to directly. Yes, mm-hmm. Like, my my response to them and my interaction with them could, could, could set the tone for how they look at people like us going forward. You know what I'm saying? So I, I carry that responsibility, and I, I, I accept it wholeheartedly, 100%. But just the conversation that we, you and I had was a lot of my peers, white, Asian, obviously, or from other nationalities, like they have friends and family that come visit them all the time. You know, luckily I've had my mom come, you know, I got a chance to have my mom come and my dad also came to visit the year prior. But certain situations and friends, you understand, okay, some people just the, the timing of it and just the ability to come out here. It's a long trip. I understand it. But for those who are able to, um, you know, I've had homies talk about it for three years, talk about they gonna get their passports, yada, yada, yada. And then, you know what I'm saying, still haven't even done so. You know what I'm saying? But they'll be the same ones to to take a trip out of town or whatever, a trip that they've done a million times. Right. And it's like, dog, like, venture out and see the world. You know, no pun intended, but truthfully, like, see the world, bro. Like, there's a different, <laughs> a different environment. It's a different experience that you could take in. And so I was kind of like, damn, like down and out on that, like emotionally, like damn, like homies don't even don't even fuck with me to that extent to even just sacrifice a summer just to come rock with me or even a winter to come see me, come check me out. Yeah. You know, they talk about it, but they don't want to do that. But then I remember you telling me like, yo, see, you've had your best couple years of your life out there. Like, are you yeah. sure that if people come and visit you, that they're coming with the right intentions, that they're not coming from an envious point of view or with the right. wrong energy and, and, and fucking your shit up and 
it took me okay. aback for real, for real, just because like you don't even because of the way I was raised and the way that like I carry myself. I want everybody to win. Like, that is not a selfish bone or, like, a hateful bone in my body. Like, if I rock with you, even if I don't rock with you like that, like, if if you're doing something that you're passionate about, I'll be the first person to try to speak life into it. You know what I mean? Period. I've always been that way. You've been that way. We we connected at that, you know, on that wave from day one. So you don't even, like, you don't even comprehend somebody else, like, having another, like, intention other than that because that's how you carry yourself on a day-to-day basis. Like, I don't, hate nobody i don't view nobody in any type of light unless you do me wrong you know what i'm saying if you do me wrong or just do somebody that i care for wrong then of course i got to look at you a little different but for the most part like i don't you know if i go if i'm invited to somebody's house i come you know with the best possible intentions you know what i'm saying And, and vice versa if we link up for a drink or whatever it may be there's no type of funny business or funny wave with me like you're gonna get what you see and what you hear period it's gonna be the same way until you cross the line or if maybe I might do something that that's, you know, that kind of throws you off a little bit, but you know, that's few and far between, mm-hmm. you know what I'm saying? So like, I remember like really sitting on that message. I think I even saved it as a screenshot. It's just, that's, it's one of my favorite, you know, screenshots in my phone. Like, you know what I'm saying? You don't know what type of energy people are coming to your life, into your life with. And it kind of, it kind of draws parallels as to how our lives are right now. Like we are so trusting of other people in ways that we never were growing up. Yeah. Case in point, like, bro, as a kid, like, you were taught, Ryan or Cyril, like, don't trust strangers. You know, don't talk to anybody you don't know. Like, don't go to anybody's house that we don't approve of. Those are the first things you're taught. But then nowadays, our everyday interactions involve trusting people that we do not know. You don't want to drive, you get an Uber or you get a Lyft. Or for me out here in China, we get a Didi. Or a grab. You don't know what that person woke up on, what type of time they were on when they were waking up, or right. what type of wave they're on. We don't know. Build you know what I'm saying? Nothing. You don't right. want to drive to the restaurant or drive to the store. You sending somebody to get your stuff and they just dropping it off to you. Now they know where you live at. You right. don't know what type of wave that person is on. But we're so trusting and loose with our energy and also with our with our like just our our interactions, bro, and conversations with people to the mm-hmm. point where, like, we we lose sight of certain things that we were brought up on, certain skills that were innate. You know what I'm saying? Like, they, they always credit us for having street smarts and for being street wise and things of that nature. I just feel like that was another way to say, you know, he's he's urban or he's black or whatever, or she's black and or whatever, maybe. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Right. But those are values that we kind of underestimated and understated in a lot of ways now, and we just we just threw those, those those values out the window overnight because of technology. Right. So it's kind of crazy to even, like, think about that for real. Yeah, that shit's nuts, bro. Like, it, it really is, you know. And going back to what you just said, like, because the thing is, they might not do it on purpose as far as coming out there and being away, but, you know, that's a whole different cultural shock going out there. So you expect somebody to come from the hood or whatever they is and come out there. What if they act the same way that they act back then? Same like, uh, like you saying, say like a, a guy come up there and ask y'all for a pick, right? <laughs> Just come up on y'all. One of the homies yeah. ain't used to that. Yeah. Punch the dude in the face or something because he probably think the dude running up, but that's just yeah. his instinct. 
bro, you might be on a, on on the way back to America with him. <laughs> you Knock on wood. Knock on wood. Knock on but wood. No, you're right. You're you definitely I mean? right. That's what I. That's what I mean. I'm like, bro, like, I understand, man. You want us to come out this day and see us in the third. Don't get me wrong, like, you know, what I'm saying, like, I, like honestly, like this year, I really did have plans. You know, what I'm saying, I have. You know what I'm saying? A lot of bread to the side, you know what I'm saying? I told people this shit, yeah, man, I'm going to China, this shit, going to China, this shit. You know what I'm saying? Even my girl, you know what I'm saying? We was on FaceTime with my girl. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. She was, oh, yeah. Yeah, she was excited to go as well. You to know come, what I'm saying? yeah. Facts. Yeah. But um, at the same time, it's like, yo, like, it's, it's, a, it's also a blessing you be able to enjoy that and stuff on yourself. I know you don't I understand you want to spread love, but like I, I'm saying, you earned that. You earned that going out there. You know what I'm saying? You earned that. It's the reason why you was chosen to go out there and do what you, you know what I mean? Oh, you're definitely right. It, um, t- it took me a while to accept that, but this, you know, the proof is in the pudding, and right. I'll take it, and I, I carry that responsibility with my heart, for sure. You know so I, I appreciate some you even bringing that up. Yeah, some niggas just can't come out there, man. They got to earn that. Sure. You know? So... It is what it is, man. I mean, niggas be all right, man, you know. Um, it's just that, bro, like, uh, from now on, I just want niggas to, like, especially, see, though, I, like like I said, like I said, my birthday just a regular day. But at the same time, it lets me know who fuck with me and who don't. You feel me? I usually cut off niggas during my birthday. Every birthday, I cut off niggas. You know what I mean? That I might not even cut off like other days, but like a simple, especially if you just ask me for some bread. Like I'm saying, it's some niggas that just I wire some bread to a week before my birthday. I ain't get a happy birthday text message from. <laughs> that's crazy. You know what I'm saying? And them niggas is done. I'm talking about those type of dudes. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. That's the, uh, you're done. You, you, we don't believe in second chances. I mean. Exactly. Depending on the context of it, context of it, you know what I'm saying. But in short, in short sight, at this age, you know, we're both in our 30s. Like, yeah, yeah. If you haven't fallen on hard times through trials and tribulations of your own, then at some point, at some point in time, you should be able to 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 handle yourself. You know what I'm saying? Like, Absolutely. like you said earlier, people counting pockets and things of that nature and watching you. Like, we we do too much competing with the Joneses, trying to keep up with the Joneses. You know what I'm saying? Like, that's crazy. At some point man. in time, like, certain things are for you and certain things are for other people. You know what I mean? And I think I think you hit it on the nail not too long ago when you had said, um, well, you, you just said it a second ago. You said, like, I earned coming out here. And in that's the right. same breath, me earning it or not, you know, if Obviously, you know, who knows? You know, only the person high up above, you know, the most high can, can determine that. You know what I mean? For sure. I, I'd right. like to think that I, I earned it and I'm blessed enough to be here for sure. But in the mm-hmm. same breath is that not many people could have come out here and done what I've done in the in the short order, short amount of time that I've, I've been here. You know what I'm saying? So right. it's all about making the most of your opportunity. You definitely been working out there. You know, because a lot of people could come out here and fall in love with all the, the access and, and how easy – life seems to be because you know think about it like a lot of us that either teach english or doing something with sports or you know like i am or whatever it may be you know mm-hmm. for the most part like your housing is taken care of and you know you get a decent salary to be able to live and the cost of living is cheap out here too in comparison yeah. to 
to areas, you know, me being from Jersey, New York, in the States, like, renting and just eating are absurd. You know, so yeah. for me here, like, you're able to save some money, you're able to do certain things. There's a lot of people who end up at the bars every night, you know what I'm saying? And, you know, I'm not saying that's the wrong way to live, but in the same, I came out here with a goal. You know what I'm saying? I had a goal to to come here and leave here better than I was prior to arriving here. And I like right. to think that I'm well on my way. You know, my mom had a convo with me, you know, when I was dropping her off at the airport. She was just saying how, like, in short order, she just noticed the amount of growth that I've had since being here. And she's extremely proud and continues to be proud. You know what I'm saying? And obviously, the homies that I talked to on a regular basis, you included, obviously. You guys mm-hmm. keep me going and, and always let me know that you're bro. Like, now you're doing your thing and you inspire us, see? So that's I appreciate fair. y'all. And I try to, you know, continue to do my part to help elevate y'all as well. You know, that's that's just us accepting that, you know, you're only as strong as your weakest link. And hopefully there are no weak links in the chain. Right. You know, but there's a lot of people who come out here and get lost in the sauce and end up on some bullshit or doing some bullshit just because they can. And they assume that, like you said, when you when you travel different places and you're able to, to venture out, you got to play by those rules. You know, yeah. you, you're going to rely on, on your upbringing and, and your natural instincts. But in the same breath, like you got to be able to adapt. And a lot of us aren't able to adapt. That's why we struggle. I feel like for me, I always went against the grain in a lot of ways. You know, um, coming from an immigrant background, you know, having tats and ears. I got kicked out of the house for having earrings. (laughs) Like, people don't even realize that. Like, I didn't come back to Seattle my senior year because I had earrings. My dad said, you're not coming back to my house and moved me across the country back to Jersey and said, whatever I can't fit in my suitcase, he's going to ship it to me. And sure enough, he shipped it. He didn't even ship it to the crib. He made me and my mom go get two suitcases full of my stuff from one of my dad's cousins in New York, pay tolls and all that. Like, that's how, you know what I'm saying, angry he was at me for having earrings. Right. You know what I mean? So I never had a comfortable type of situation and upbringing. So I feel like me being in a, in a, a situation where I'm an outsider or whatever it may be, like, I'm able to thrive in, in uncertainties and, and uncomfortable situations because that's how I grew up. Like I said at the top of the pod, I moved damn near every other year of my life growing up. You know what I mean? Whether it was prior to my parents' divorce or even, my, you know, when I was living on both coasts, visiting or changing schools between living with my mom on the East Coast and living with my dad on the West Coast, I was at a different school every other school year. Damn near. Yeah. So for me, like being here and being black and being the, the outsider is nothing to me. You know, I went to my lady's hometown a couple of weeks ago. She's from my hometown. That? It's about like, it was cool, bro. It was a cool experience. But it was like, you know, she was more worried like of me out there than like I was. And I told her, I was like, yo, like <laughs> I've been here three years. And not to mention like she's starting to get to understand my upbringing and, and my life and stuff like that. And talking to y'all, obviously, and getting more insight about who I am. Right. She realizes that there's there's really going to be rarely anything that, that makes me uncomfortable because I'm so used to it. You know what I mean? Like, some people are so, like, I guess they're scared out here to, like, put you in a, un, in, a in a compromising position because they assume that, you know, Americans, for the most part, like, we, we like leisure and we like comfort. You know, some of us do, but some of us are used to being on our own. You know what I mean? I know you are, like, you know what I'm saying? You know I am. So it goes without saying. It goes without saying. Man, that's what's up, bro. This was good, but y'all, y'all, y'all had a good time, though. Like, yeah, it was cool. We was only there for a couple of days, but it was just funny because like we walking through and she's like, 
she don't care, like, holding my hand or, like, you know, public displays of, of attention or an affection, mm-hmm. you know, whatever. And, like, you know, how, like, it's a very reserved culture out here. So you walk by and I'm the only black person in the whole city of, like, 300,000 people. Of That's course. Crazy. You know what I'm saying? Like, my, our city, my city where I live at is 8 million, but her, her hometown is, like, 300,000. So we go there for a couple, like, four days and we're walking through. She's holding my hand. We're walking side by side in the street. And like the older Chinese folks who were having full blown conversations, like some hood, you know, like like them in the hood, like they having conversations on the block or whatever, they just stop talking when I walk by. Like <laughs> you just hear them talking a mile a minute, and then I walk by. I don't make no eye contact with nobody. I just keep it pushing. I'm out of my business, and I act like I, I belong. You know what I'm saying? Because a lot of people would be uncomfortable, like looking around and staring at everybody, just kind of you know, I watch. But for me, I just you know, I walk around like it's my duty to do so. Right. You know what I'm saying? And a lot of people are like, man. And then you see phones come out, they're snapping pictures of you, like curious as to who you are and security guards in different buildings coming out, shaking your hand a million times and, you know, asking my lady where I'm from and the cab drivers asking if they can take pictures with me in the car. Like, it's just all of that stuff. And for her, it's like, you know, she's like, man, like, I thought I was the, the one that people like looking at because she's, you know, she's a gorgeous girl. And I'm like, I told her, I was like, man, this happens to me so much. I'm just so used to it. You know what I'm saying? And she just laughs and takes it in stride. But shout out to her though, because I wanted to touch you know, touch on this too. It kind of, I think we we touched on it briefly on, on episode one about like um, dating outside your race and, and your partner. Learn the culture. I just want to learn the culture, but like I shot her out because like on her own, like she'll look up videos and trying to understand like what's going on with everything that's going on in the states right now, especially you know with Black Lives Matter and just the the levels of police brutality. Um, recently we just started watching The Wire together from start, you know, we're on episode or we're on season three right now and oh, you know, I kind of, I ask her after each episode you know, like, who her favorite character is and I think she likes Omar a lot right now oh, okay. Stringer so we haven't gotten to the part, you know of, of Stringer being Stringer yet, but you know, like it's just, I, I, I salute her for trying to learn the culture and be understanding of it, you know what I'm saying, because for me like, she don't like you said what bro? She don't like D'Angelo she did like D'Angelo. You know, I, I hate D'Angelo, so I throw a little comments yeah, little back and forth fit. about D. I don't, I don't like D. I don't like the D. character that she absolutely hates is Ziggy. She can't stand Ziggy. That's okay. Can't stand Ziggy at all. Yeah, the Greeks. Yeah, I understand. Yeah, yeah a lot of people ain't like Ziggy. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, it's, it's crazy. So that's just up, man. The Wire, man. That's a great show to like, you know what I mean? She could keep, catch a glimpse of what's going on. You know what I mean? For sure. You know what I'm saying? Because, you know, Baltimore is like one of those cities that, like, as far as, like, poverty and everything, corruption and everything that's going on, you it's know. It's right in your face. There's no hiding from it. Face the other cities like Newark and everything like that is kind of similar to it. But, like, Baltimore is like, like, when we talk about, like, U.S. cities as far as, like, that, Baltimore is definitely in that top five. You know what I mean? Yeah, Baltimore crazy. Yeah, Baltimore's wild. Like Baltimore's like hasn't changed at all. Don't get me wrong. I still it's still some beautiful parts in Baltimore, of course, but it's like, yeah, Baltimore's always gonna be Baltimore, man. And it's had their own identity and or things that like it's just the way it is. You know what I mean? I I don't think that things will ever change and be more just because like they've grown so accustomed to certain things that it's, it's it's normal to them, you know. We, we were talking earlier about things that shouldn't be normal to us, but Baltimore is just one of those cities, man. It's a way of life. 
like New Orleans, Chicago. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Nork with <laughs> with certain things that happen in Nork on a regular basis. Facts. You know, like you could come in with a with a message of, of change and those people down there gotta want that change for themselves. Mm-hmm. You know, and it's just, you know, there's so many complex issues that affect our well being as as people of color. Because even so, like we had a little um we had an event last week where um some white friends in the city you know, who were touched by certain aspects of whatever's going on in the States right now. They put on a night of discussion, but they were also watching um, th- the documentary 13th on Netflix, you know, about the 13th Amendment and all that. And then, you know, they invited certain black folks that are here to speak. And, you know, for them, like, their naivety in some in, in some ways, and I've, you know, I've spoken to some of them afterwards, and it's been fruitful, but they kind of overlooked the aspect of, like, the black experience isn't uniform for everybody. It's not the same for everybody. Yeah. I mean, we may have similar backgrounds and similar experiences, but our own experiences are very unique to the, to the individual. You know what I mean? Yeah. And I think like we, I, I brought up a question that we were going to continuously try to fight together to find the answer, but it's, is what's our end goal as people? Because some of us may not want the same things as, the, as everybody else, yeah. you know? There's right. people who who are wholeheartedly behind it, screaming Black Lives Matters. They're not going to argue against that or even bring a contrary opinion or even dialogue that, that speaks against that. But then you have some that, oh, you know, if, if, all, if Black Lives truly matter, then we wouldn't be killing each other and yada, yada, yada. But, you know, like there's always going to be somebody who speaks and goes against the grain. Like, let's understand we kill each other just in third. That's not, that's not what we're talking about right now. You know what I'm saying? Like I had a I had an argument with somebody um in my family not too long ago. Like you said, what's the end result? Okay. So my thing is this we want equality, right? We want this and that. Um okay, we did we did everything. Now start to take now we need to start taking more of a diplomatic approach. You know what I'm saying? Now that people that now, you know, the attention is on us. Um Man, I'm gonna ask you a question, like, because I heard, you know, a couple of family members say, "Yeah, man, it, it just rubs me the wrong way when I see white people out there marching with us." This, that, and the third, and I'm like, "Yo, so do we want their support or do we don't want their support? Like, like which one is it? Like, how you feel about that? Like, I think like, anybody who's against that or bothered by that." Is yeah. is very much uninformed. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. Personally, like, yeah. personally speaking, like because just off of sheer numbers alone, we don't have the manpower or the numbers or the financial Facts. ability and capabilities to to evoke change. We speak right. on it, but you know, okay, cool. Like perfect example, Nick Cannon, who's been at the forefront of a lot of issues, has shed light on a lot of things. Okay, cool. He had Professor Griff on there on his uh, his little podcast, his Candy's class. And Professor Griff, we all know, is a prominent, you know, member of the nation. And we know that from, from the ground up, the nation has always been at odds with, you know, people from the Jewish community. You know, right. so regardless, for me, politically speaking and religiously speaking, I try not to really get involved in certain things because I know they're just good and bad people in every part of life. You know what I'm saying? So regardless of Nick agreeing with those comments or not, or just giving Professor Griff a platform to speak, 
he said some things that I'm sure, obviously, he's come out and, and try to take them back and try to change the narrative and try to inform himself. But his little comments just showed us who the power, the power structure. You know, Nick was, was removed from a situation that he built up <laughs> in a matter of two minutes. You know what I'm saying? But like, he built that situation. At, but you know why I'm mad at Nick, though? Why? You know I'm mad at Nick. Now, I'm not gonna say was he wrong for us, like like what he said was the truth or false. I'm not gonna get into that. But you have a responsibility, dude. Like you're a boss. You mm. employ a lot of people. You feel me? What you just said caused a lot of people jobs. You understand what I'm saying? So that's how it is. You got some people who's in a position like like that and they forget about the people who's under them, who's been, who helped you build that shit up. You feel me? A lot of people feel that once they get to that level, oh, they the reason why they shit is like that. No, man, you have motherfuckers that build that shit up with you. You know what I mean? And but, you forgot, not, you forgot. My bad. Go ahead, bro. Go ahead, my fuck. You forgot, you forgot who is under you with employees. So when you say shit like that, you got to think about like, yo, I got a cameraman that I'm feeding. I got a this, that, and the third, blah, blah, blah. Everybody is depending on them, them checks. You know what I'm saying? Don't get me wrong. They, I mean, wilding out, oh, and they're going to get picked up by, you know, Revolt or something like that. But I'm just saying. Hopefully. Knock on wood. Uh, yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. Knock on wood. But like, but you know what I'm saying? People, out of, you know, people, they not Nick Cannon. They ain't, a lot of people ain't got that Nick Cannon money. They depended on them checks. You know what I'm saying? But what you said was selfish. Whether it's tr- you believe it's true or not, like saying that, knowing what could happen, knowing the people that depended on you, you got to know when to make that decision as a boss, man. But go ahead. What you were saying, though? No, I agree. I agree with you wholeheartedly. And I'm, 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 I'm standing with you 100% on that. But my only thing is that Going back to my point, it's a fresh reminder to us, but it's also a reminder to him. Because at times, when you get into a position of power and you build something the way that he did, right, you are blinded by that fake aura of power, especially as a man of color. Facts. That's a fact. Right? So mm-hmm. a lot of us, Nick, you know, nobody, for me, I haven't been watching MTV or been drawn to anything in that channel for for the longest time, I barely watch TV. You know, if I'm watching TV, I'm watching a documentary, you know, or I'm watching movies, you know what I'm saying, or shows. I'm not really watching TV like that or, you know, obviously. So a lot of us get to certain areas, certain points in life where we're given a false sense of entitlement and a false sense of power and security. And I think, you know, victim to that as well, where, okay, cool, you build something, you're the man, and you've pretty much carried networks on your back for the longest time and you know we forget that as men of color we're not allowed second chances as easily as as others you know what i mean it's one mishap and that's that we've seen plenty of of guys from other races make mistakes say all this type of craziness out here and they're given chance and chance and chance and chance and chance time and time again but men of color you know you make one little you have a little hiccup one little burp whatever it may be and that's that there's no bouncing back from that, you know, but luckily I think with this new climate, 
of things that are going on and, and how the way the world is now, like there's so many different avenues of being able to do things on your own. Um, but, you know, we'll see. It's, 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 a, it's an interesting point and aspect, you know, but um, going back to your, your question about people being bothered or feeling funny, you know, about white people out there marching and, and, and speaking out. I mean, for me, it's a problem that can only be resolved if we do have people in higher places from other races who stand behind it. Strength in numbers. Um, strength in numbers and also just what's right, what's right versus what's wrong. I think too many times these issues take on a political um, political voice and it taints the issue at hand. It taints the message at hand. You know what I'm saying? For me, the matter of police brutality shouldn't become a matter of Republican versus Democrat or whatever it may be. It's a matter of people's lives being ruined by <laughs> those who are sworn in to protect and serve. Protect and serve, excuse me. That's it. It shouldn't be, you know, okay, cool. Like the police are aligned with a certain political party and the people are aligned with a different one or lack thereof. Like that's not the point at hand. And people kind of tend to overlook the right thing because of their political affiliation. You know what I mean? Personally speaking, like if there's a candidate who is a good hearted moral person and, and he may be a Republican or she may be a Republican and she's just as a good person as a Democrat who's running for the same office and he's just a jacked up or she's a jacked up person because of your political affiliation you shouldn't overlook that person's moral standing because they don't uh, don't fall in line with what you believe and what you've been brought to believe as a person you should be right. voting for a person who reflects the ideals that we would we would love to have in our society plain and simple but too many times you know like we're, we're forced to pick a side because of politics and it's like you know at one point in time, they were preaching separation of church and state, but it seems like church and state is always, you know what I mean, involved in every little thing that we do and everything that we are are, are forced to to adhere to. And that's a, that's a major issue that I hope can change sometime in the near future, where people just vote on or align themselves with what's right rather than what they feel is right for them. You know what I'm saying? Like that's that's the issue at hand, you know, and. It goes back to what you and I both agree on and know is that a lot of times because we are raised and we act a certain way, we assume that everybody is raised with the same morals and values. And That's time fact. and time again, people show you that they're not. That's a fact. You know? That's a fact. People, people show you that they weren't they weren't brought up with the same things or they don't want the same things. You know? Like going back to my point, I think I I might have made it before, but you know, we we as black folk, especially in America and, you know, in the Caribbean and parts of Europe as well, and then obviously the aspect of it in Africa with colonialism, we assume that everyone fought <laughs> for the right to be free. You know, we forget that it was a bunch of black folk who fought on the side of the Confederacy because they didn't want to be free. They weren't comfortable being away from, from Massa. I mean, exactly. countless slaves got freed and went back to work for Massa as, share, as sharecroppers or went back into slavery and captivity to be under Mass's roof because that's all they knew and that's all they wanted. Exactly. You know? Yeah, people that were holding people back for for trying to be free, talking about they stirring up trouble. We got a good here. We joke about it and laugh about it, but a lot of that mentality is passed down through generations as well. You got people who are very comfortable with the status quo. And anytime you try to fly and establish something different for yourself because you want more, you you know, it'll be your own people at times who are the first ones to tear you down. 
and question your motives and question your moves because they're comfortable. You know, they might be comfortable accepting mediocrity and 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 BS from other people, but I was never raised to want that. Not at all. You know, so. But awesome, awesome conversation, my brother. Just gotta keep building, man. Gotta keep building, man, and being at the forefront and and having uncomfortable discussions. I think that's the most important, is that because we don't want to stir things up with each other and with those around us, indirectly or directly. We tend to be comfortable in in being miserable in a lot of ways and accepting shit that shouldn't be acceptable in any aspect. Right. Right. That's a fact, bro. Well, this has been episode three of the Cedar World Podcast. Once again, I got my brother Kirk in the building. Yes, sir. Good talk. Wish you nothing but blessings for the next year as well, you know, as you celebrated another birthday. I appreciate you, man. Every day above ground is a good one. That's a fact, man. Appreciate that, man. One love. One love always, bro. We out. This has been another episode of the Cedar World Podcast. Welcome to High Quality Thinking.